Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to solicit some responses here in just a moment. But before I do, I want to read a few verses, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read these, and I want you to tell me um, what you think that they have in common, okay? And there's probably more than one right answer. I am fishing for one in particular, but um, I'm going to read these verses, and you tell me what you think they have in common. Psalm 1-2 says, uh, Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Uh, Joshua 1-8 very similar. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Isaiah 31, 4. The Lord will be like a growling lion, like a young lion growling over its prey. And Ezekiel 3, 3. Then he said to me, son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you and fill your stomach with it. Yeah, I know. That's kind of weird. It, it is a little odd. What do you, what do you think they all have in common? Huh? Yeah, I was going to say, that I was going to give you a hint, and that is that if you have gum, you're doing it right now. They all involve chewing, okay? Um, so there's a, uh, there's a word in, in Hebrew that I don't know how to pronounce, but I can tell you what it means, and it's translated different ways. Sometimes it's translated as meditate, and sometimes it's translated like this Isaiah passage, as growling or like muttering as you're chewing food. Isn't that crazy? So here's what we're going to do. Um, I gave you gum for two reasons. One, uh, to first of all, to help you acknowledge and just to remember the connection between chewing and meditating on God's word. We're going to spend some time today and this month meditating on God's word. And so I want us to to kind of begin to make some connections with this, this chewing theme. So what does it mean to meditate on Scripture? Before we try and answer that, give me a couple of answers for uh, when you were in your groups, differences between reading a textbook and, and reading a love letter. Love letters more personal, yep, for sure. Okay, one's information and the other one feelings. Yeah, okay. Okay, very good. Subject matter versus who you are. Anything else? <laughs> the shelf life of a love letter is longer. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We yeah we would approach them completely different, completely different. I I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and so with with spiritual reading, with meditation. Um, and when I talk of, about meditation, I want to use it from a biblical standpoint. Um, there is a, a lot here in Marin. You could go and experience a lot of different ways to meditate. Um, some of those involve just kind of clearing your mind. Um, but this is filling ourselves with God's word. This is chewing on it and taking it in. 
and allowing it to do a transforming work in us. So it is more, as you've described, it's more uh, formational than informational. Um, we do approach this, uh, this type of reading, the scriptures, and we're going to look at other types of Christian literature um, this month that we can approach with this same mindset. But um, there's a real openness and even a vulnerability that we experience when we, when we approach this text. In much the same way, um, you don't really have to be that vulnerable to read a text uh, in school. But if you're getting a, a, a love letter from someone, there is that degree of what is going to be said in this and how, how am I going to be able to respond to this. And so spiritual reading will help us deepen our relationship with God. And I'm not saying you wouldn't learn something about God, um, grow in your knowledge of God, but the idea is we want to commune with God. Um, we've been talking about this all summer. We, we began with the month of June, talking about the importance of being aware of God's presence. Um, in July, we talked about prayer as a way to commune in God's presence as well. And then this is a way for us to deepen that, that relationship with him as we're in relationship there. So, um, so I want us to think through what meditating is. And when I, when I realized that Isaiah used that same word to talk about a lion over its prey, it kind of made me realize that maybe I've kind of tamed this idea of meditation a little bit too much. Um, it's not just sitting in a really comfortable position and getting quiet. Um, sometimes it's really um, wrestling with the text and holding on to it and refusing to let go of it until it has entered into you and done what it needs to do in you. Um, and that's another kind of a difference. We were talking about this as a, as a staff. Um, it's, it's the difference between performing surgery and having surgery performed on you. When we open ourselves up to the scripture, we are saying there are some things in me that need healing, for example. And instead of us dissecting the text, um, this, is, this, is, uh, this is us inviting the text to kind of dissect us, to see what's really in there for us. And so um, if, you, if you have one of these practice cards, I want you to pull that out. Um, again, we have beautiful artwork by Kate Pepper, um, and we are going to next week and uh, be invited into a conversation around some of Kate's poetry that Dave and Kate are going to lead us in. And uh, you'll see on the back of this that it, the, uh, our practice, as again, is, is spiritual reading. And here are some practices that you can participate in this month on your own. Uh, we're going to do, a, you see the road um, acronym there, we're going to do that as a group here in just a few minutes. Um, that's also known as Lectio Divina, which is um, a... Uh, a fancy way of saying sacred reading, divine reading, spiritual reading, things like that. Um, so we're going to participate in that in just a moment. Another way that you can participate in spiritual reading this, this uh, month for the purpose of deepening your relationship with God, um, pray as you go. How many of you have that app on your phone? Yeah, it is, it is just as it says. It is a way for you to be invited into a certain passage of scripture that's going to be read, and then there'll be a couple of guiding questions and some time for you to reflect on that. It's usually 10 minutes, maybe a little bit longer, 
and uh, it's a way, whether you're in the car or you want to use that first thing in the morning when you get settled in with your cup of coffee, uh, that would be pray as you stay, um, more particularly, but we, um, but it's a, it's a great um, uh, tool that we uh, have been given in that. I think it has one for every weekday and then one per weekend, if I'm remembering right, but um, this third one, scripture before phone. How many of you, like me, the first thing you do is reach for your phone in the morning? And not just reach for it, but like, what did I miss? And you, maybe you look at a news feed. Maybe you look at social media. You posted something yesterday. Did anybody comment on it? Things like that. Um, I was challenged um, a couple of months ago to uh, spend time in Scripture before I look at my phone for anything. And it was... One, it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be because I was super distracted. I'm trying to read scripture, but the whole time I'm wondering, I, do I have some emails I need to respond to? Is there, did I finish that from last night? Did they reply? All this stuff. But I'm, I'm learning that there is, uh, what I experienced was there is a, is a completely different beginning to your day when you have, have started it in God's presence. And especially as you enter into it with this idea of deepening your relationship with him. So um, this one obviously could be combined with something else. If you have Pray As You Go as an app on your phone, that's the exception, okay? <laughs> then you can, you can uh, have your phone in that way before scripture. Uh, poetry, we'll look at that more next week, as I said. And, um, and then August porch nights actually start tonight at 6.30 at the Cedar House. And this will be, uh, Dave will be reading aloud some uh, Christian literature by George MacDonald. And uh, this will be an opportunity, again, for us to kind of marinate our thoughts in what is meat, <laughs> really. I mean, he, he shells out the meat, but in a way that, um, that we can place ourselves before that and see how it can be embedded into our lives and make a difference for us. So more on some of those things in, in just a little bit. But um, let me say a word about the word, and then we're going to um, approach God's word um, in a relational way. Um, first of all, God's word um, is, was not given to us as a text to be mastered. Um, I think it's important for us to keep that in mind. If you are intimidated by someone that has a seminary degree, um, that has a master's of divinity, I want to I share this with you just to kind of put your mind at ease. I don't think there is any way that we can master anything divine, okay? Um, I understand, I'm not saying we should do away with seminaries and master's degrees and things like that, but if we're really going to be, um, be specific about this, um, our goal is not to master what God has given us. It really should be, if you're going to pursue a degree, it should be mastered by the divinity, mastered by the word, because that's what we want. We want to lay ourselves before God and the way he reveals himself to us and the way we can see our true self reflected in the word. We are doing that in a way that we are saying, I'm, I'm open for change. I'm, I want you to have this um, impact on my life. Now, I'm not saying uh, that information is not important. Okay, D studying the scriptures is very important. That's a different spiritual practice. Engaging God in Bible study, it is a great 
spiritual practice. We're just going to focus more on spiritual reading for this month. Um, God says, uh, it begins in Deuteronomy, it's repeated in the New Testament, we are to love the Lord God with all our heart and our mind, our soul and our strength. So he's saying, yes, I want you to engage your mind. Um, but spiritual reading is, is something that kind of transcends just the, the cognitive. Um, and so that's why I, we kind of started with that thought of there's one, you can kind of try to master a textbook, but you would never try to master a love letter. You would just let that do its work in your heart and it, allow that to deepen your relationship. Um, but again, I'm, I'm not saying uh, throw out what you know or, or stop seeking to know. Um, I've got a, a friend in St. Louis, uh, Dave and Steve were brothers. I was really good friends with Dave, and I remember Steve Hendrick telling me this story. Uh, he went to Southwest um, University in Bolivar, Missouri, and he's on a first date with the girl, with Lori, who is now his wife. And they go to a, a Mexican restaurant called Casa Bonita, and they're sitting there eating their meal, and Steve looks at Lori and says, what does Casa Bonita mean? And she says, beautiful house. He goes, oh, Casa Lori. <laughs> and they went ahead and got married. That's, that's the amazing, that's really the amazing thing. Um, so I'm just saying intellectual understanding is important, okay? Um, we don't want to misinterpret what God is saying to us, um, but it is important for us to realize it's, it's not just up here. Um, Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and, marrow, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And then Paul goes on to write uh, in, uh, to his young protege, Timothy, that all scripture is God-breathed. So this is a way that, that God will breathe life into us through his word as the Holy Spirit works with it. And so um, for, for this exercise, uh, if you still have your song sheet handy, we have at the, at the bottom on the back page three verses from Psalm 51, and that's going to be our focus. So if you have that, that's great. And then also, if you have a pen, it, it might be helpful to, to jot some things down or underline a word or something like that. And so Rebecca's got those making her way around. Okay. And before we engage the scriptures, again, I think the way we approach the scriptures says a lot um, it, it, it prepares us and so I want uh, to invite you to maybe consider a prayer practice from the month of June um, and maybe a breath prayer that has been meaningful for you um, it could be uh, simply repeating the words of a young boy named Samuel um, who said speak for your servant is listening and so where you are just to be still um, to take a moment catch your breath don't worry about what we're about to do. Just thank God for his presence right here and now. And maybe 
just over the next few moments, your breath prayer is speak for your servant is listening. There may be living word, transform me, whatever it is. As you come to this, this, this text, just take a moment in the silence. I'm going to read this text four times, and with each of these four times, I'll, I'll have a, a brief instruction for you. Uh, again, this is on that practice card, but don't worry about following that as much as just let me kind of guide you through this. In this first reading of Psalm 51, 10 through 12, I want you to pay attention to any word that might stand out to you as we go through this. And you might say, wow, that whole verse stands out to me. I'm going to ask you to try and be a little bit more specific. Is there one word even within that verse that, that seems to really grab your attention? So let me read this. And you could maybe underline it or just write it down. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Just hold that in your thoughts. Is there a word that comes to mind that you just feel like is standing out to you? And just hold that word. Receive it as a gift. You're not trying to figure out why that word, what it means. Just receive it as a gift. The O in this road acronym has to do with observing. Um, this will be a, a, an opportunity to just kind of look at and ask yourself, what is the context in which maybe this was written, if you know that. Um, uh, don't jump ahead to application. Just observe, is there a main theme? Is there something that the author is trying to say specifically in this? So let me read through that again. And you observe the text. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Just in a sentence or two, uh, maybe write that down. What do you, what do you observe? Create in me a pure heart, 
O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Reflecting on that word that you wrote down, is there something that God is trying to say to you personally in that? Is there an application for your life? Is there um, a way that God is seeking to speak to you in some way? the fourth time. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. The fourth step, the letter D stands for dependence on the Lord. And this is the challenging part for most of us. Once we've made application, we begin to shift most naturally into, okay, now what am I going to do? Where a prayer of dependence is kind of laying it back on the Lord and saying, I need you to help me apply this to my life. And this is really where we end these four steps with a sense of rest, not a sense of burden. Uh, it's where we have kind of said to God, I am... I'm at peace with what you are saying to me here and now. For me to live this, for me to absorb this, is going to be uh, something that I need your help in doing. So maybe in a sentence or two, offer a prayer of dependence to God. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Anybody want to share what their word was? We won't get super personal in this group, but what was the what was a word that stood out to you, Carly? Restore. Yeah, yeah. You really kind of feel his the ache that he has in that. Yeah. 
wants to be restored. Somebody else? Mary Beth. Mm-hmm. Mm. Beautiful. Steadfast. Yeah. Create. Beautiful. Yeah. top I said there's there's two reasons why I gave you gum one of them is to help you kind of make the connection between chewing and meditating um, we just spent maybe five minutes chewing on this passage in Psalm 51 um, the second reason I gave you gum is because um, I want to make this contrast the longer you chew on the gum what happens to the flavor goes away <laughs> yeah the longer you chew on scripture what happens more of those flavors rise to the surface this was just a kind of a I would say kind of a quick look at this text imagine just being able to give yourself the luxury of 30 minutes or maybe a full hour just sitting with this text pen and journal what kind of flavors could come out of this? What might God have to say? This is spiritual reading. When we give God the time that he wants in relation to our time with that text. So as you consider that, I took well over an hour, and this is not like, hey, I can spend an hour with this. How long can you? It, just because... About the time I would set my pen down, another thought would come to mind. And sometimes I would go back up to the observation, sometimes back into the application, but I found myself just kind of filling in and realizing more and more maybe how David felt as he penned this and the ache of his separation from God because of his sin with Bathsheba, um, putting her husband on the front lines of the battlefield, all that was going on. And then to feel some of the things that David must have been feeling and knowing that that's some of what I had been feeling as I thought about things that had removed me from God's presence. The longer I sat with this, the more word pictures came to mind and the more I was able to apply it. I love Rebecca's picture of deviled eggs sliding all over the plate. Um, I kind of had a, a similar, it's like when when David sinned, it was like, you, you, have you ever let go of an untied balloon and it just, 
all over the place until it finally comes to rest in just kind of a wrinkled, ugly little spot <laughs> on the floor. It was like David kind of committed one sin that just led to all kinds of craziness. And here he is, deflated, empty, at the feet of God, realizing that he needs someone to, and my word was, sustain. And so I spent some time imagining God breathing into me in a way that would lift me back up. And the rest, the prayer of dependence and rest that comes from that. Um, this month, I want you to set aside time to chew on some scripture, to meditate, to, and, um, to open yourself up to this spiritual reading and let God begin to change the way that you relate to him. Um, one reason I selected that passage in Psalm 51 is because I thought it was such a, a great passage to prepare us for communion. And as we are about to head into that, um, I want to remind you that there's a trash can for your gum um, if, you, if you need that. And um, in just a moment, when you are ready, you can either take the bread and dip it into the cup. And just when you're ready, or you can also take uh, one of the prepackaged communion sets with you. Um, Paul has a lot to say about examining our hearts and coming clean before God. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul writes, Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. As you prepare to make your way to the table, let me remind you again of um, the meaning of this sacred meal. Jesus offering himself, his body for us, represented by the, by the bread, the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me.